Good morning. It's so great to be with you and, uh, and also to be sharing um, this Sunday with you, which of course is Palm Sunday. Isn't it amazing that we can come to Riverside online and, um, and, and just be a part of being together, even though we're not together. And uh, R- Riverside online has become very popular and I trust you're letting your friends and relatives know about it so that they can tune in as well and um, take part in the amazing experience of Riverside, even in the midst of um, the whole thing that we're going through uh, right now uh, around the world. Uh, but it is a joy to be with you, and it is Palm Sunday, and um, uh, it's an amazing thing to try and think what Easter is going to be like this year with all that is going on. Uh, the one thing that is sure is that um, although it may be different, the message will remain the same. Uh, and it is that um, uh, Jesus' love for us and the story of the cross remains the same. You know, there's a song that I really want you to hear um, that's called This Blood. And I'm going to post it on my Facebook page uh, right after um, this experience this morning so that you can go to it and listen because it carries the wonderful thought of this message that never changes and the fact that the blood of Jesus still can deal with our sin, our guilt and our shame. Now, Holy Spirit told me that you would be watching today and um, that uh, some uh, would be having a problem believing that Jesus can forgive and love someone like you. Uh, And I want to deal with that today. I want to talk about that today because you are a person that um, doesn't feel good enough. You've never felt good enough. You feel you will never be able to um, be good enough for God uh, to love you and to care for you. Um, And you look back on your life and you remember uh, the things of the past, the sin, the guilt, the shame the shame of the past and uh, and so it is that you are in a place of doubting whether God could ever love you you know back in 2011 in the state of Tennessee they made a new law and the new law was that anyone who had a DUI driving under the influence should besides being being fined they were made to pick up litter along the highways eight hours a day for three days and also they had to wear a vest and written on the back of the vest was I am a drunk driver Uh, and so it was that they were in this way shamed uh, by what they did and I don't really question the wisdom of the state of Tennessee in doing that but it made me think that we often do this to ourselves Don't we often shame ourselves with the guilt and the shame of our past sins? Don't we have a tendency to go to the wardrobe of our own lives and to pick out a vest that carries our shame on the back of it? Things like, I destroyed my family. Things like, I let my parents down. Things like, I refuse to forgive. Things like I lied to my wife or to my husband. 
or I abused my children, I stole from people who loved me, or I even, you could have on your vest, I refused to forgive myself. We may try to cover up these vests with a nice shirt or a nice blouse or uh, some clothing, but the fact is it's never far from any of us and we carry the guilt and the shame of our past uh, into our present and also, if we're not careful, into our future. These things are never far from the surface of our lives. I had a guy come to me many years ago and he came and um, as we sat down, he never even looked at me and um, he said, you know, 10 years ago, I fell into temptation and I abandoned my family. And then he went on to say, well, we're, we're back together now, but to be honest with you, I've never been able to forgive myself for that. And then he asked a very um, unusual question to me at that time. He said, have you got any work that I can do around here? He says, I'm not looking for pay. I'm not looking for money. I need to work off my shame. I need to be free of my shame. See, he was trapped by the vest system. It is the shame system that feels, even though forgiven, I have to now work to make up for my shame. The vest system says, I've made mistakes, I have sinned, and even though Christ has forgiven me, I need to work off my sin and my shame. I need to be doing work in order to work off my shame. I need to do something to make God feel better about me. I, I will feel better about him when I have worked off my shame and I believe he will feel better about me. You know, I said to him back then, the only thing with the shame system, the vest system, if you will, is that when we begin to work off our shame, and when we begin to begin to try to do work to make ourselves better with God, we're never told how much work we have to do. Uh, I went on, do you think that if God was into the work system, the shame system, the vest system, he would have told us in his word exactly how much work we had to do to be free of our shame and our guilt and our sin. Like you abandon your family, work for three years, and we'll call it even. Wouldn't you think if working was the answer of our guilt and our shame, he would have told us that in Scripture. It would have been written very clearly for us to know just how much work we had to do in order to be free of our shame. But to be honest, to be honest with you, Scripture goes in another route. It's that route that says that God deals with our sins by what Jesus did on the cross and not by what we can do to work off our sin or our shame or our guilt. And that's Palm Sunday's message. Palm Sunday tells the story of Jesus coming to Jerusalem with passion. A passion to carry out 
the once-for-all work for our forgiveness, our salvation and our ongoing freedom from sin and guilt and shame. That's why we call this time of year the Passion of the Cross. You know, the Latin word for cross is the word crux. At the crux of the matter is that the cross is God's answer to our sin, our guilt and our shame. God puts the cross at the middle of all history and paints that in high drama in the scripture for us all to see. It begins on Thursday night of Holy Week, what we call Holy Week. And you go back to that first week leading up to the cross and on the Thursday night, you remember that Jesus met with his disciples for what became known as the Last Supper. And then from there, he left and went to the Garden of Gethsemane that same night. And what we see is Jesus crying out, the disciples running out, and the soldiers bursting in to arrest Jesus. So the drama continues the next morning, the Friday morning, which of course was the first Good Friday. And the fact was that now we have the mock trial that happened, the scoffing by the scribes and the Pharisees, the religious leaders, and the howling of the people for Jesus to be crucified. And then there was the scourging, the whip that was made with pieces of metal and pieces of bone tied into the, uh, the whip that was brought down across the back of Jesus, wrapping round his body and tearing off the flesh of his back and of his chest. The weaving then of the crown of thorns that was placed on his head, the nails that were put in his hands and his feet, and Christ nailed to the cross. And there for six hours from 9 a.m. on that Good Friday until 3 p.m. in the afternoon. It is that Jesus is there dying. Jesus spoke seven times from the cross as he hangs there dying for our sin. One of the things he cried out was, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? These are words that you would never have expected to come from the mouth of our Lord. After all, doesn't the scripture say, Psalm chapter 37 verses 25 and verses 28 says, I have not seen the righteous forsaken. And it also goes on in verse 28, the Lord does not forsake his saints. It does say those things, but you have to see this. You have to get this. When Jesus was on the cross, he was not righteous. The second book of Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21 puts it this way. God put our wrong on him who never did anything wrong so that we could be put right with God. And then look at this scripture, Isaiah chapter 53 verse 6 and 7. We were all like sheep who had wandered off and gotten lost. We've all done our own thing, gone our own way. And God has piled all our sins, everything we've done wrong, on Him. Yes, on Him. All our sin, all our guilt, all our shame, 
laid on him. And he never said a word of complaint as he went through that terrible day that was known as Good Friday here. On that cross, Jesus offers an invitation. He issues an invitation. Why don't you bring your vests to the cross? That is actually what he was really saying. Why don't you bring your sin, your guilt, your shame, bring it to the cross? It was an outstanding and a unique offer to every one of us. All of history, you can go through the whole of history and search the world for an offer that matches this offer that Jesus issues on the cross. You'll not find an offer like this in any philosophy or in any other religion. This offer of Jesus sets Christianity apart. It sets the Christian faith apart from all other religions. Other religions say, work hard, try harder, and maybe, maybe you'll have a chance of heaven. Jesus says, I've done the work. You can know that you are going to heaven. Now, I need to ask you before I close here, have you ever surrendered your life to Jesus? Do you know that you're going to heaven? Now, I hear some saying, well, don't we all get there in the end? Don't we all get to heaven in the end? And it's an appealing thought, but it's a dangerous thought because it's not consistent with the Bible, the scriptures, which tell us we all have a free will and we have a free choice. See, the offer of forgiveness of sins, the offer of freedom from guilt and freedom from shame, shame is for the whosoever. It is given to the whosoever. But our response has to be a personal response. No one will be in heaven against their will. We either make a decision to let Jesus into our lives to forgive us and make our way to heaven for us, or we reject his offer and spend eternity outside of heaven forever. And it's our choice, your choice, my choice. You know, on top of the hill that was called Calvary, the day that Jesus died, there were actually three crosses. Two criminals died on either side with Jesus. If you read the story in the scripture, you will find that one of the criminals said yes to Jesus' offer of forgiveness. The other said no. The result of that was one with, was with Jesus forever in heaven. The other was lost forever in hell. You know, the sad truth of the scripture is, if you tell God all your life to leave you alone, at some point he will. Let me repeat that, please. If you tell God all your life to leave you alone, at some point, he will. You reject his offer of forgiveness and freedom here on earth, and one day he will say to you, depart from me because I never knew you. 
The invitation is for everyone in our world, but everyone in our world has to respond personally to the invitation. My prayer for you today is that you will leave your old self at the cross and you will pick up your new clothing, your new vest, if you will, of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Let, let me give you a few verses very quickly here that's going to help you to see what Jesus can do for you. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 9 says this, Don't lie to one another. You've done with that old life. It's like a filthy set of ill-fitting clothes that you've stripped off and put in the fire. Now you're dressed in a new wardrobe. Every item of your new way of life is custom made by the Creator with His label on it. All the old fashions are now obsolete. Listen to Galatians 3 and verse 27. Oh, and all who have been united in Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. It's taken off your old vest, naming you as something that God does not see you as, and putting on a new pure white clean brand new vest and notice the clean and white is waiting for words like forgiven God's child complete secure God's treasure my beloved daughter or my beloved son heaven bound God loved oh take off the old vest bring it to the cross today Take off all that old condemnation and leave it at the cross. Accept Christ's offer of forgiveness and pardon, freedom from guilt and freedom from shame. Let Jesus take you and bring you into his family. It says without money and without price, he made a way for us to become a part of the family of God. Look at this final verse, Revelation chapter 7 and verse 9. It says there, After the vision of these things, I looked, and behold, there was a great number of people, so many that no one could count them. They were from every tribe, every nation of people, and language of the earth. They were all standing before the throne and before the Lamb, wearing white robes, and holding palm branches in their hands. The palm branches, you know, the, the palms in Scripture, they represent victory. But you're standing there clothed in white, no, no longer clothed with shame, no longer clothed with sin, no longer clothed with guilt. But when we get to heaven, we will be clothed in the white robes of the righteousness of Christ, a brand new day, a brand new start, and with Christ for eternity, I pray that for you. And so I'm going to pray for you right now. I'm going to pray that God will now receive you as you ask him into your heart and life. Before I pray for you, if you're here this morning, you're watching, and you say, I've carried my shame, I've carried my sin, I've carried my guilt for so long 
and, and it is ruining, wrecking your life. And today you want to take off that vest that carries the words of your guilt and shame. I, I want you right now to bring it to the cross. And I want you right there in your room, wherever you are right now, I want you to bow your head and I want you to pray this prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I've carried my guilt and shame for so long. But today I take it off like I would take off a vest carrying the words of my shame and I lay it at your cross. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your righteousness. I believe that from today, I am a child of God. I am forgiven. I am on the way to heaven. And one day, I'll stand before you dressed in white, absolutely saved forever for eternity. Now, Lord Jesus, I pray that whoever has prayed that prayer right now will know that their guilt and their shame and their sin is no more and that you today, by the power of your blood that was shed on the cross, are freeing them from their sin, freeing them from their guilt, freeing them from their shame and from today they can walk with their heads up saying, I am a child of God. Father, hear my cry. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thank you again for watching. Thank you again for being a part of Riverside uh, Live today. And if you prayed that prayer, I want you to let us know. Just write to us or a, a note. Uh, just put into the comment box that you prayed that prayer. And we promise that we will pray for you. If you get in touch with us, we will seek to help you in uh, getting to know Jesus better and walking with him into your future. God bless you and thank you again for being with us.